Welcome to Your Security, a podcast on walking victimless in today's world. I'm Gabriel Grimes. In this podcast, I discuss how to stay alert and situationally aware no matter where you are or where you go. Thanks for tuning in. Crime. That's right. Hey, we can't avoid it. And just because we are dealing with a COVID response and everyone is staying home, a majority of us are staying home, doesn't mean that crime isn't stopping. It doesn't mean that the criminals have decided to take a break. In fact, I've noticed um, over the internet and the different newspapers that I've been reading that crime is pretty much staying the same. Now, there are some cities that say that crime has gone down, but that crime that they're mentioning is crime that is like inner city, drug related, drugs on the corner type crime, but it's not crime as general. In fact, the uh, yesterday, excuse me, uh, the, in the weekend, Kansas City reported that the police load, the work police load actually has remained the same during this whole time. Now we're talking about day 35. That's right. So welcome to April 20th, episode 55, day 35 of your security. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited to tell you a little bit more about what is going on in my life and what you should be doing to protect yours. Kansas City said that they have the same amount of crime since the whole stay-at-home position since 35 days ago when the government has requested that we all stay inside. So what is going on? What is causing the, the crime to be where it is? Well, it's because criminals are criminals. They're not going to follow any rules or guidelines or especially not any laws. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we cannot rely on the fact that laws are enough to keep bad guys at bay. In fact, so uh, owners of uh, companies, when you create a rule or a regulation, you create a process. It doesn't mean that the criminals are going to follow what you're suggesting. That is why it is super important to have a good, a strong a cohesive security unit that will understand the policies, enforce the policies, and do a proper audit. Without that, we're talking about the ideas and the thoughts that have been invested into policies and procedures being simply thrown away because people aren't following them. And as a security professional, that is what I see on a daily basis when I see my clients. They may have great policies, but the fact that the fact is they cannot implement them properly just by putting them out on a poster just by sending them out on an email is not enough to get the employees to realize that their uh, involvement in the policies is important for the well-being and the health of the organization Let's look at what our numbers are looking like today. So as you remember, we're looking at John Hopkins University and New York City's health department. And we're comparing the death numbers, the death rate or death toll of these two websites, but from or of New York City, okay? So John Hopkins University has identified 
14,451 to be the deaths of individuals in New York City of the COVID virus. And New York City's health department for the exact same time identifies 13,240. So John Hopkins University at 14,451 and New York City 13,240. That's a difference of 1,211 people. So what is going on? Where is this Delta coming from? You know, this is, goes right back to the to the whole statistics. Where, what is this? What are the real numbers? You know, how many people have truly died? How many people are truly infected? How many? What is the rates of infection? What is the rate of mortality? These are the things that are in question, especially when you see two reputable websites coming up with completely different numbers. Unusual, right? And so another thing I was interesting in is interested in is the overall deaths in the United States. Of the three different websites that I've noticed, we are um, we're looking at anywhere between 40,724 or 41,229 deaths. Hmm. Interesting, right? Another website that I really, really enjoyed, I found over the weekend, was the European Center for Disease Prevention and Control. So I'll place that in the description below. Tell me about it. What do you think about the website? I think it looks pretty good. I mean, the information, I mean, it doesn't matter how good the website looks. It's all about the good and quality information that it's giving us, right? But it looks pretty good. I like one of the, the charts that it offers, which is a country. It's a chart of countries and how many cases and how many deaths are in there. And it allows you to sort the country, cases, and deaths by column. Fantastic. I wish we had that in our John Hopkins University or uh, the New York City. Well, obviously, New York City is going to be just talking about New York City. But anyway, those are... Uh, this is a really cool uh, page. Tell me what you think about it. Tell me below, and I really like to hear your your thoughts. Tell me what kind of maps or what maps do you prefer? What website you prefer? You know, we're looking at several maps, including the IHME, which is the official United States uh, website that is giving us the information overall of what is going on. Okay, so. Give me your information. Give me, give me your thoughts on which is the best and which one you find to be most uh, appealing, uh, appealing, the most beneficial to you as you monitor the COVID response. If you hear things in the background, please forgive me. It is my beautiful wife, my daughter, and son who are here working from home. Everybody working from home at the same time. So, as you can imagine, lots of noise. My uh, son was on a conference call earlier today, and it was really kind of cool. Not only was, uh, you know, he's a programmer, so you could hear different people doing different stuff in the background, normally just typing. But it was interesting to hear the occasional two-year-old asking to be uh, talked to or played with, and then the dog barking because the mailman came out. It's just funny. What an interesting time of life, right? 
And I really appreciated this one meme that I saw online, line, and it said, our kids are not going to remember this time as the COVID virus time. They're going to remember this time as the time they spent with their mom and dad. I thought that was brilliant. What a great meme. I think <laughs> I'm hoping that is how my kids will see it as well. Even though they're almost all grown up, my son is a grown up uh, and my daughter is uh, you know 15. I'm hoping that they'll look back and they'll say this is this is a good thing. But I wanted to point out something really interesting. We're talking about the crisis management. How are we managing through this crisis? And one of the things that I noticed was um, the topic of masks. And I think it's something good to be thinking about. Now, as we start talking about getting back to work, and I know I've been saying this for the last 15 days, but now actually I think people are actually moving closer to doing it. And I think crisis management teams throughout the world are starting to ask themselves, how are we going to process getting back to work? Whether or not you believe the COVID uh, virus is as deadly or as infectious as we've been told, the concern of infection is very high. And we have a obligation to the well-being of our employees. How are we going to do that? How are we going to keep our employees safe and secure during this process? You know, are, are, are our crisis management teams asking the right questions? Like masks, for instance, uh, hand sanitizers, sanitizing surfaces. What does that mean? What is the... What is going to be the standard that we're going to be using as we get into this recovery phase? Uh, who is going to be measuring the amount of bacteria on the surfaces? What sort of cleaning agents are you going to be using on the different, on the different surfaces? Have you chosen one that's not going to be too corrosive to your surfaces? Uh, what about masks? Are you going to enforce a mask policy? Are you, as the company, going to provide masks? And um, you know, how are you going to enforce this? And finally, masks and lunch. <laughs> okay, so we all have to go eat sometime. I mean, granted, we all work eight hours a day, and somewhere in those eight hours, people normally take a lunch break or even coffee breaks multiple times during the day. How is that going to be managed? Um, we have seen through medic, our medical professionals that they mention how our masks are not supposed to be touched. Once placed on the face, you're not supposed to mess with your mask, move your masks. And yet we see people moving their masks on a constant basis. And does that mean that we're going to need to add a training? Are we going to have to train our employees on how to manage the masks and take care of the mask and not touch the mask? And how are we going to dispose of the masks afterwards? And let me go back. You know, I talked about lunch break. Those of us who have cafeterias in our in our companies, does that mean that we're going to close our cafeterias? And how long is that going to be? And um, so, and lunches. If people bring lunches, will they be able to eat lunches with other people? Are you going to monitor that? A lot of questions to ask. Um, a lot of training. I, do I think we can get back to work? Without a doubt, I believe so. Does it require a lot more discussion? Without a doubt. 
If we haven't been making these questions, haven't been asking these questions now, it is about time to spend a good, <laughs> good several hours on a Zoom conference to talk about these things so that we can get these ironed out. You need to know this before you start um, having people coming back into the workplace. positive? That's my question for you. What is it? Now, we always end this this uh, episode with this question. What are you doing? So what am I doing? I am really not getting close to Netflix. Today, I'm not going to do Netflix. I did Netflix all the weekend long, which was fun. I love watching TV with my son, but you know what? I need to do some exercise. So I am going to get back on the uh, rowing machine and we are going to row at least a good 5,000 meters. That's 5,000 meters, five kilometers long. Um, so what else? Exercise, of course, eating healthy. We did that over the weekend, staying away from alcohol. I did have a few beers over the weekend um, and getting outside and get some sun. I was not able to do that part because it rained cats and dogs on Saturday and Sunday. It was a, it was a no-go out zone on Saturday and Sunday. It was terrible. And of course, a routine. And a routine is so important. You know, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, we decided to quote unquote, let ourselves get off a routine, which is kind of funny since we are staying at home, but we decided, <laughs> and, and there is no real official routine we have at the home, but we decided to get off the routine and let ourselves go. Waking up a little bit later, late for me is 7 a.m. But um, the, and the, the, the thing was, the days seemed so long without a routine. So I'm super glad that we we're back on Monday. It's a it's a work week, and it doesn't matter where we are, where we're sitting, we are working, right, guys? You got your Zoom uh, a website ready to go. Oh, by the way, you remember the um, the issue with Zoom and how people were Zoom. Uh, bombing in other words they were jumping in on other people's zoom and that was causing a lot of issues i found a workaround for that if you put a password on your zoom meetings people can't jump in on your zoom meetings and send uh, messages that shouldn't be sent and i'm sure you already knew that if you have you did already know that great if you hadn't well there you have it to avoid People popping in on your conversation, just make sure you add a, a password. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. It is my pleasure to come to you every day of the week, giving you some information, talking to you about security, and showing you how you can stay alert and be aware everywhere you go. Always remember, you are security. <music> <laughs>